Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to 4, that's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. So right now, go to 4patriots.com slash Ben. That's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Anti-Semitism on college campuses is at an alarming high right now. It is genuinely shocking to me just how bad the anti-Semitism has become and how it's being advocated, supported, and not condoned by those who are in leadership at the college campuses. Now, you have to look no further than the hearing that took place in Washington, D.C. this past week. The headlines, pretty clear, pretty clear. Let me give you a couple of them. Uproar over university president, president's remarks on anti-Semitism. That coming from ABC News. Underscores the tensions on college campuses as university presidents have received backlash over their Capitol Hill testimony. Four hours of tense testimony on Capitol Hill this week with presidents of the nation's most elite colleges. They got kicked off with a flood of anger from donors, alumni, and politicians. But it also reignited, ABC News says, simmering tensions for students. College campuses, often the heart of debate in the U.S., have been a central point of protest and dialogue on the Israel-Hamas war for the past two months. A role that also has brought tension, discomfort, and pain, Jewish and Palestinian students said in interviews. Where they do agree is that they broadly don't feel supported by their school administration, something the hearing underscored. 
Now, let's just stop right there and talk about this article from ABC News. Where they do agree, referring to Jews, Jewish and Palestinian students, is that they broadly don't feel support by their school administrations. Okay, to be clear, if you are on the side of Hamas, you shouldn't feel supported by your college campus. Like, let, let's be very, 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 very clear about that. And if you do feel like you're getting some support for your college campus, then your college campus is a campus that is an anti-Semitic college campus, which brings me to the hearing. During this hearing, there was a very brave congresswoman. And that brave congresswoman asked a very simple question. Congresswoman Stefanik grilling the different presidents of these Ivy League schools about their anti-Semitism that they've allowed to fester on their college campuses. I want you to listen to this hearing. And there was a very simple question that was asked. It's a yes or no question that was asked of all of these different presidents and the arrogance and disdain for Jewish people coming from these presidents was abundantly clear. In fact, it's even cost one of these people you're going to hear their job. As the University of Pennsylvania president has stepped down amid criticism of anti-Semitism testimony. But first, listen to exactly what happened. And these are the people that are training our children in this country at the most elite universities. Dr. Gay, a Harvard student calling for the mass murder of African-Americans is not protected free speech at Harvard, correct? Our commitment to free speech... It's a yes or no question. Is that corrected? Is that okay for students to call for the mass murder of African-Americans at Harvard? Is that protected free speech? Our commitment to free speech. It's a yes extends. or no question. Let me ask you this. You are president of Harvard, so I assume you're familiar with the term intifada, correct? I've heard that term, yes. And you understand that the use of the term intifada in the context of the Israeli-Arab conflict is indeed a call for violent armed resistance against the state of Israel, including violence against civilians and the genocide of Jews. Are you aware of that? That type of hateful speech is personally abhorrent to me. And there have been multiple marches at Harvard with students chanting, quote, there is only one solution, Intifada revolution, and, quote, globalize the Intifada. Is that correct? I've heard that thoughtless, reckless, and hateful language on our campus, yes. So based upon your testimony, you understand that this call for intifada is to commit genocide against the Jewish people in Israel and globally, correct? I will say again, that type of hateful speech is personally abhorrent to me. Do you believe that type of hateful speech is contrary to Harvard's code of conduct or is it allowed at Harvard? It is at odds with the values of Harvard. Can you but not say here that it is against the code of conduct at Harvard? We embrace a commitment to free expression, even of views that are objectionable, offensive, hateful. It's when that speech crosses into conduct that violates our policies against bullying, harassment. Does that speech and not cross that barrier? Does that speech not call for the genocide of Jews and the elimination of Israel? When you testify that you understand that is the def definition of intifada. Is that speech according to the code of conduct or not? 
We embrace a commitment to free expression and give a wide berth to free expression, even of views that are objectionable. You and I both know that's not the case. You were aware that Harvard ranked dead last when it came to free speech. Are you not aware of that report? As I observed earlier, I reject that characterization. It's the data shows it's true. And isn't it true that Harvard previously rescinded multiple offers of admissions for applicants and accepted freshmen for sharing offensive memes, uh, racist statements, sometimes as young as 16 years old? Did Harvard not rescind those offers of admission? That long predates my time as president. But you understand that Harvard made that decision to rescind those offers of admission. I have no reason to contradict the facts as you present them. Correct, because it's a fact. You're also aware that a Winthrop House faculty dean was let go over over who he chose to legally represent, correct? That was while you were dean. That is an incorrect characterization of what transpired. What's the characterization? I'm not going to get into details about a personnel matter. Well, let me ask you this. Will admissions offers be rescinded or any disciplinary action be taken against students or applicants who say, from the river to the sea or intifada, advocating for the murder of Jews? As I've said, that type of hateful, reckless, offensive speech is personally abhorrent to me. And today that no action will be taken. What action will be taken? When speech crosses into conduct that violates our policies, including policies against bullying, harassment, or intimidation, we take action. And we have robust disciplinary processes that allow us to hold individuals accountable. What action has been taken against students who are harassing and calling for the genocide of Jews on Harvard's campus? I can assure you we have robust what actions have been taken I'm not asking actions underway I, I'm asking what actions have been taken against given, those students given students rights to privacy and our obligations under FERPA I will not say more about any specific cases other than to reiterate that processes are ongoing do you know what the number one hate crime in America is I know that over the last couple of months there's been an alarming rise of anti-Semitism, which I understand is the critical topic that we are here to discuss. That's correct. It is anti-Jewish hate crimes. And Harvard ranks the lowest when it comes to protecting Jewish students. This is why I've called for your resignation. And your testimony today, not being able to answer with moral clarity, speaks volumes. I yield back. Wow. It's a yes or no question. The scary part is that wasn't even the worst of their testimony. All right, let me tell you real quick about an amazing company called Patriot Mobile. For 10 years, they have been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say only, trust me, they're the only one. Glenn and the team have been great supporters of this show, which is why I'm proud to partner with Patriot Mobile. They offer you dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without funding the leftist agenda. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending the message that you support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, Second Amendment, and our military, our veterans, and first responder heroes. They have a 100% U.S.-based customer service team, making switching easy. You get to keep your same cell phone number, keep your same phone that you have right now. 
Keep your same phone or upgrade to a new one, and their team will help you find the best plan for your needs and save you real money. You got a small business? They can cover all that as well. All you need to do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Ferguson, patriotmobile.com slash Ferguson, or call them 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation when you use the promo code FERGUSON. Join me and make the switch today. And protect our values and stand for them with every phone call. PatriotMobile.com slash Ferguson or 972-PATRIOT. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This isn't even the worst of the back and forth. You heard that one college professor there. And there were other members of the committee that realized just how anti-Semitic these presidents of these colleges actually are at the University of Pennsylvania, at Harvard, and MIT. And one of those congresswomen was smart. She said, I'm going to yield back my time to Representative Stefanik, the Republican from New York, because she's clearly on to something here. And this is after, by the way, these other two university presidents had heard this talk back and forth. So if they wanted to play it differently, if they were caught off guard, as some have tried to describe it, 
then clearly what they would do is they would have said, hey, after they witnessed what happened with Harvard's president there in that question I just played for you, hey, maybe we should play it a little bit differently. That's not what they did. In fact, with their arrogance, they decided to double down on their anti-Semitism. Listen. Madam Chair, I'd like to yield the balance of my time to the gentlewoman from New York. Dr. Kornbluth. Does M- at MIT, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment? Yes or no? If targeted at individuals not making public statements. Yes or no? Calling for the genocide of Jews does have, not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've heard chants for intifada. I've heard chants, which can be anti-Semitic depending on the context when calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. So those would not be according to the MIT's code of conduct or rules? That would be um, investigated as harassment if pervasive and severe. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your testimony that you will not answer yes? If it is, if the speech becomes conduct... It can be harassment, yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm going to give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer is yes. And Dr. Gay... At Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Targeted as an individual. Targeted as, at an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of anti-Semitism? I will ask you one more time, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. And is it anti-Semitic rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation, that is actionable conduct and we do take action. So the answer is yes that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard Code of Conduct, correct? Again, it depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across the board. She's right, by the way. The fact that they can't even answer that simple of a question about genocide. Now, the University of Pennsylvania president... 
And this is only because alumni, some that were willing to give up to, I pledged to give up to $100 million to the university, have finally forced that president to step down. The Today Show, talking about it this morning. This is how they reported the story, which also was a little bit suspect. And, it's, and again, just listen to this. As they finally announced, the University of Penn president has resigned under pressure. This morning, the University of Pennsylvania is looking for a new leader. President Liz McGill resigning Saturday afternoon. The announcement made via letter from the Ivy League School Board of Trustees chair, Scott Bach, who also stepped down. The letter including a statement from McGill, who wrote, It has been my privilege to serve as president of this remarkable institution. The departing president will remain as a tenured faculty member. It comes after days of mounting pressure following McGill's appearance at a House hearing on anti-Semitism, where she had this exchange with New York Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. If the speech becomes conduct... It can be harassment, yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? McGill's failure to reject calls for genocide resulted in widespread backlash from students, faculty, business leaders, and lawmakers. Leaders have a responsibility to speak and act with moral clarity. And Liz McGill failed to meet that simple task. Stefanik also pressed the presidents of Harvard and MIT during the hearing, who now face similar pressure to resign. On Saturday, the congresswoman posting on X, one down. Two to go. After the hearing, McGill attempted to clarify her remarks. I was not focused on, but I should have been. The irrefutable fact that a call for genocide of Jewish people is a call for some of the most terrible violence human beings can perpetrate. But an audience of the school's mega donors was unmoved, some threatening to pull hundreds of millions of dollars unless she resigned. She kind of got strong arm at the position. I think removing her does kind of like alleviate some of that hurt. Now, the Board of Trustees did announce they'll announce plans for an interim leader here at Penn in the coming days. Meanwhile, the Board of Trustees has appointed their vice chair, Julie Platt, to be the interim chair. She happens to be an alum and the mother of actor Ben Platt. Willie? By, by the way, let's just get one thing straight. Did you notice early in that report what they said? The University of Penn president that resigned, stepped down, still is employed by the university in a tenured position spot in the law school, from what I understand. So she didn't lose her benefits. She didn't lose her salary. She didn't lose her job. In fact, she is a tenured professor of law, from what I understand. So... The fact that the chair of the Penn Board of Trustees announces that, that Liz McGill has voluntarily stepped down as the university president doesn't mean jack crap. She still has all of the same benefits of being an employee. So the University of Penn didn't learn anything here. It, they, yeah, okay, fine. You can't be the president anymore, but don't worry. You can still have your job indoctrinating kids in the law school. We've got your back. Don't worry. Wink, wink, nod, nod. You're one of us. You're an anti-Semite. We're going to tell everybody you still have your job. Do you have to move out of your house? No. You going to miss a paycheck? No. Are you going to lose your health care? No. Are you going to lose your free food on campus, which I'm assuming they get? No. 
Are you going to are, are we going to take away, you know, your tenured status? No. Are you still having do you still have an office on campus? Yes. Is all your 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 you know, your your letterhead and stationery and everything else that is prestigious with this university on it still have your name on it? Yes. Hey, hey, we still have your back. So what's the real consequence for her? Okay, you can't be the president of the school, but you can still be a tenured professor in law school and you can still indoctrinate children to believe this crap. Let's also be clear about why she's no longer the president of the University of Penn. It is only because the amount of money that they were going to lose was too great for them to overcome. It wasn't because they disagreed with what she said. It was about the money. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let me say something else about these two other presidents uh, that have not been fired. Yes, the University of Pennsylvania president steps down, still has her job, still going to get tenured, uh, you know, professor job. She's still there, going to make great money. Nothing really changes for her that much for Liz McGill. Yeah, okay. So I resigned from my my post after facing criticism uh, intense criticism, even from the White House, lawmakers, alumni. But it was all about the money. There was too much money that they were going to lose. 
right? Too much money. So they said, okay, fine. And then they put out this message that this University of Penn put out a video message from the president, Liz McGill on X. It was the most, it was the most pathetic response I've ever seen to a massive fallout. But the good news is there's genuine national outcry now. These university presidents exchanges with Congresswoman Stefanik, they went viral for all the right reasons. Drawing furious criticism for all the right reasons from political leaders of both parties, as well as the Jewish community advocates, as well as alumni, and more importantly, the donors. Let me just tell you what the White House even said about this. In a statement Wednesday, the White House spokesman, Andrew Bates, said, quote, it's unbelievable that this needs to be said. Calls for genocide are monstrous and and anti-Semitic. Anti-ethical to everything we represent as a country. Any statement that advocates for the systematic murder of Jews are dangerous and revolting, the White House went on to say. And we should all stand firmly against them on the side of human dignity and most basic values that unite us as Americans. That's the White House's statement condemning these three presidents who were just arrogant and cocky and sitting there saying, I refuse to admit we're wrong. Even the Democratic governor of Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro, told reporters that that Miguel's response was unacceptable, saying, quote, I've said many times, leaders have a responsibility to speak and act with moral clarity. And Liz Miguel failed to meet that simple test. This Democrat, the governor, said, quote, I think whether you're talking about genocide against Jews, genocide against people of color, genocide against LGBTQ folks, it's all in the wrong. The governor added that he believed the university's board needed to make a serious decision about McGill's leadership at the Ivy League University. Then Ross Stevens, a Penn alum and CEO of the financial firm Stone Ridge Holdings, sent a letter to the university threatening to pull the $100 million worth of shares of his company that are held by the university unless McGill vacated her post. And that's finally when they did the right thing. It wasn't that they actually did the right thing. It's the fact that Ross Stevens, as Penn alum, said $100 million will disappear if you don't fire her. And they said, okay, fine. That's $100 million. We got to get rid of her. But don't worry. We'll let her keep her job in the law school, and she'll be tenured, and she'll still make a living. In the letter, which was obtained by NBC News, Stevens cited McGill's congressional testimony and said he is appalled by the university's stance on anti-Semitism on campus. Miguel's high-profile critics include the billionaire investor Bill Ackman, who repeatedly called for her ouster on X. Now the focus turns to President Gay and the other president of the boards of Harvard and MIT, he tweeted over the weekend after Miguel's exit. Stefanik announced Thursday that the House Education Workforce Committee was launching a congressional investigation with the full force of subpoena power into Penn, University of Pennsylvania into MIT and, and as well into Harvard and other unspecified universities saying, quote, we will use our full congressional authority to hold these schools accountable for their failure on the global stage. You go back and you listen to what she said. You go back and listen to all three of these presidents. And it's a bigger issue that, that and, and the warning that and the takeaway that I want you to take away from this is this. These universities have gone from being centers of of intellectual pride and excellence to being political propaganda machines for communism, socialism, and Marxism. The fact that um, it took a member of Congress to expose the anti-Semitism in universities and yet still 
Two of the three, the majority of these universities' presidents are still there. And, and, and by the way, the, even the one that, was, that stepped down is still there, still teaching. You've got to ask yourself this question. You've got to ask yourself this. Why would anyone want to send their kid there? Why would we want to send any of our children to universities that are willing to indoctrinate those children with this type of anti-Semitic rhetoric? I want you to hear this from ABC News this morning on their roundtable discussion about these presents. Listen. I turned to that pretty fiery uh, congressional hearing this week with the presidents of Harvard, MIT, and, and UPenn uh, who were asked about comments from students about genocide and anti-Semitic comments um, and let's just say did very poorly with their responses. Very poorly. The UPenn president has already resigned you're a Harvard Law girl. Um, how do you view this? Should the others resign? Uh, yes, but maybe not just because they had a catastrophic congressional hearing. Um, they should resign because these universities have failed. This wasn't a messaging problem at the congressional hearing. It's a policy problem. They have policies against disrupting class, assaulting Jewish students in the library, uh, drawing swastikas on campus. That's not a free speech issue, but they're not enforcing their policies in the way that they have enforced them in the past. It would be great if, as a result of this, these universities became the free speech bastions that we have been pressuring them to become. But my fear is that, in fact, it will be just this you know, moment where they're like, no, 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 we're for free speech at this moment because this is the speech that is unpopular that we like. But when it goes back to uh, being something on progressive issues, then speech is violence again, and they will suddenly find a way to enforce their policies on campus. Wow. That was on ABC. There was also something else that was said. Fareed Zakaria on his show on CNN. Now, this is a hardcore lefty, right? And it says America's losing faith in its universities. What it should say is America's losing faith in its elite universities. Listen to his intro to his commentary. And this is a guy that I, like, never agree with. Here's my take. When one thinks of America's greatest strengths, the kind of assets the world looks at with admiration and envy. America's elite universities would long have been at the top of that list. But the American public has been losing faith in these universities for good reason. Three university presidents came under fire this week for their vague and indecisive answers when asked whether calling for the genocide of Jews would violate their institution's codes of conduct. But to understand their performance, we have to understand the broad shift that has taken place at elite universities, which have gone from being centers of excellence to institutions pushing political agendas. People sense the transformation. As Paul Tuff has pointed out, the share of young adults who said a college degree was very important fell from 74% in 2013 to just 41% in 2019. In 2018, 61% of those polls said higher education was headed in the wrong direction, and only 38% felt it was on the right track. In 2016, 70% of America's high school graduates were headed for college. Now that number is 62%. This souring on higher education makes America an outlier among all advanced nations. American universities have been neglecting a core focus on excellence in order to pursue a variety of agendas, many of them clustered around diversity and inclusion. It started with the best of intentions, 
Colleges wanted to make sure young people of all backgrounds had access to higher education and felt comfortable on campus. But those good intentions have morphed into a dogmatic ideology and turned these universities into places where the pervasive goals are political and social engineering, not academic merit. As the evidence produced for the recent Supreme Court case on affirmative action showed, universities have systematically downplayed merit-based criteria for admissions in favor of racial quotas. Some universities' response to this ruling seems to be that they will go further down this path, eliminating the requirement for any standardized tests like the SAT. That move would allow them to then take students with little reference to objective criteria. Of course, those who would suffer most would be bright students from poor backgrounds who normally use tests like the SAT to demonstrate their qualifications. In the humanities, hiring for new academic positions now appears to center on the race and gender of the applicant, as well as the subject matter, which needs to be about marginalized groups. A white man studying the American presidency does not have a prayer of getting tenure at a major history department in America today. That's a guy on CNN saying this. When you've lost CNN, you're, you're the worst people in the world. And these universities, the other two presidents, they deserve to lose their job and not be given a golden parachute where it's like, hey, we still got your back. Like they did the University of Pitt. Hey, you're still going to be a tenured professor. You can still indoctrinate kids to hate Jews. Don't worry. We've got you. Everyone should be calling for these university presidents to be gone, not just from the title, but from the university. The University of Penn president, who's now the former president, is still a dangerous person infecting the minds of young people at that university. She did not lose a job. She lost a title. And everybody should be looking at these other universities saying the same thing. How are they still being employed? How do their key cards and access cards and their email addresses still work? Make sure you share this podcast. It's an important one. Everywhere you are in social media, hit that forward button, share it. Please hit that follow or like button so you can get all of our episodes, obviously, for free. And I'll see you back here tomorrow. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to 4, that's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. So right now, go to 4patriots.com slash Ben. That's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.